We're making it easier to listen to the Voice America Talk Radio Network live wherever you go on iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android. Download it from the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. The following program is being brought to you on the 7th Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit 7thWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. teachings of the Ascended Masters have been called the path above the path. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door. Ross Brunson, and Tom Schumacher. (laughs) Hello, everybody. Um, Thank you again for joining us. You are tuned to The Open Door, the Internet voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Ross Brunson. Today, our focus is on the human aura, that Mm. special glow. Oh, thanks for noticing. I just thought it was makeup, Tom. (laughs) Actually, it was more of a general statement. I know, but without any preamble, that does bring us right to a very important and central point about the human aura. It glows. True enough. But the intensity, the variety, and the degree of this glow can vary from person to person. You know, and before we get into why this is so, you know, for the sake of those who may not be entirely clear about what the human aura is, let's break it down a bit. You mean we've got some explaining to do? Ah, I love lucidity. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, in brief, the human aura is an emanation of light energy. Some Uh call it a magnetic force field that surrounds us. Mm -hmm. It is most highly concentrated around our spinal column and the medulla oblongata of the brain. Yeah, and is this why, you know, some have likened it to the halo that seems to hover suspended above the crown chakras of the saints? Exactly, though it's generally invisible to the naked eye. You know, this light emanation takes on the qualities of who we are, what we've done, even what is to come. You know, it is quite a remarkable yardstick for showing the true nature and condition of our souls and our consciousness. Well, in fact, as you just mentioned, Tom, for those with an ability to discern and read the aura, mm-hmm. certain conditions that have not yet come to pass can be possibly revealed. Well, you know, the human aura is really a receptacle, isn't it? I mean, it shows the light that we have gathered in this, well, in fact, in past lives. Mm-hmm. In many respects, the aura is a protective emanation of the soul. Mm-hmm. It can act like a shield that can buffer us from assaults on our souls from outside forces. You know, and through the use of the violet flame, our old favorite, plus mm-hmm. heart meditation and prayer, we can build and strengthen our aura daily. Or accidentally tear it down well, or on purpose <laughs> to too. both ways. Yeah. That's right. Let's trend up. You may be familiar with some of the studies of the aura that were conducted in the 60s and 70s using what's called Curlian photography. Oh, sure. This is a very highly light-sensitive process, and it was able to actually detect and photograph the light emanations that we know as the aura. You know, and not only did this method reveal the aura, but it was sensitive enough to record varying degrees of intensity, 
gradations of color, and areas of relative strength and weakness. Even showing gaps in the aura where diseases, for example, might possibly be manifested. You know, you remind me of the fact that uh, researchers at uh, Yale University Medical Center actually were able to confirm this aspect of auric study by demonstrating the existence of certain disease precursors within the aura before they manifested in the physical body. Well, and as provocative as that is, science can't tell us where this light energy originates from. They can't tell us the significance of the various colors that make up the aura, how it affects health and performance, (laughs) how it influences behavior, relationships, our ability to attract and sustain abundance. (laughs) Yeah, but what science may not yet be able to tell us, the Ascended Master certainly can and do. Absolutely. If you're interested in getting to the heart of the mysteries of the human aura, the Ascended Masters Kuthumi and Dual Kuhl have given us a remarkable book. It's Indeed. actually two books in one. It's called The Human Aura, How to Activate and Energize Your Aura and Chakras. You know, it's really good, too. So get it and read it. Here's where <laughs> you can find it at tsl.org forward slash bookstore. Ah, good. That subtitle about activating your aura and chakras reminds me of our recent program on chakras. Mm -hmm. You know, we mentioned then that there is a direct relationship between the aura and the chakras. Well, in in fact, Tom, the chakras actually interpenetrate the aura. Mm -hmm. They're kind of like a substation along the the auric power grid. (laughs) That's very poetic. (laughs) Thank you. I made it up just for you now. (laughs) Thank you. Um, But here's the point. Central to the aura and to the chakras is the gathering and consolidation of light. The higher the motive and the intent of what we accumulate, Mm. the higher the quality of the light that we retain. You know, that reminds me, maybe in an obscure way at this moment, but I think mm-hmm. you'll understand in a few minutes, when Jesus said, if the light in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? Well, wow, we've spoken of <laughs> you know, this topic so many times. We yeah. are always using God's energy to create every thought, every word, every deed. And when we create well, the light that we gather shows the quality of that creation. Yeah, and conversely, if our creation is something less than light-filled, mm-hmm. well, this will show up accordingly. So we might imagine an aura that shows mixed creations. <laughs> Could be. Some good, some not so good, you know, maybe a little muddy. Yeah, muddy, uh, indistinct, meager. Mm-hmm. You know, we've alluded to this, we did allude to this just a few moments ago. Our auras are receptacles of light. When we have gathered a lot of light, it is available to share with others, kind of mm-hmm. like a reservoir. Right. You know, it's really sad when the true reality of man has become so distorted mm-hmm. over time. In reality, we live in a universe of light and purpose. And to veil this purpose from man was never the intention of God. Well, and didn't Jesus say, that which has been hidden shall be revealed? Mm-hmm. You know, once we simply ask God for an increase in knowledge, that which we seek, understanding, enlightenment, illumination, is literally poured into us. Well, truly, the call compels the answer. Yeah, exactly. I mean, God wants us to know these things. Mm-hmm. He desires that we understand our true natures as co-creators with Him. He desires to withhold nothing from us that is true to both our nature and His. You know, Tom, studying the nature and condition of our aura is a wonderful way to tune in and to increase our oneness with God. Oh, absolutely. And there are ways of sharing this coat of many colors that we know of as our aura. (laughs) Nice one. You know, you mentioned Jesus a moment ago. Remember the story of the woman who was healed by, quote unquote, touching the hem of his garment? Oh, and that's a great example. Um, The garment he was referring to, of course, was his aura. Mm. Jesus immediately knew someone had tapped the reservoir of his auric force field because he could feel the drain. Mm -hmm. The woman's aura was empty. Jesus was full. The transfer healed her of a condition that had plagued her for many years. You know, in that, Jesus was demonstrating that healing could occur through a transfer of energy from one aura to another. Mm -hmm. And this does happen to be by accident. I mean, he did it, and by extension, he could show us that we can do it as well. Well, here's our friend Terry Kennedy sharing a reading 
on the nature of the light energy that makes up the human aura and how this light is the very essence of God himself. Okay. Jesus said, If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness? But how can light be darkness when they are opposites? The answer is that light is another name for energy, and energy is another name for God. The aura, then, is a receptacle that we have been given to contain God's light, God's energy, the very essence of God Himself. Through the thoughts of our hearts, we may put a force field on the aura, creating greater light or creating darkness. The aura is the greatest proof that man has the gift of free will and that we have a certain portion of God's energy allotted to us daily. This energy registers as the aura, and we can choose whether we are going to make that aura dark or light. The practical uses of the aura have to do with garnering an energy field of light. The aura is a receptacle, an outer garment that we wear. In other words, our identity does not stop with our skin. And sometimes when people are in a certain frame of consciousness or very relaxed, they can look over at a friend and see an energy wavelength around the body. It is a force field right next to the body that has to do with the protective emanation of the soul. Now that is only the beginning. There are force fields beyond force fields that go out from that immediate energy field, and these force fields are interconnecting receptacles. We have the option by our free will to invoke the light of God and to fill the aura with more and more energy of the sacred fire and therefore to contain within these receptacles a greater concentration of what is called God's consciousness or the God consciousness or cosmic consciousness. Interpenetrating and working with the aura are the seven chakras. These focuses of the sacred fire are points of God awareness that can be developed by meditation and by the science of the spoken word. The key chakra, as we have said, is the heart itself and the threefold flame within the heart. Meditating upon the heart and the threefold flame and using the violet flame invocations, one begins to establish a momentum that builds day by day until the momentum is so great that it becomes as great as that of Jesus. We know that the woman who had the issue of blood for twelve years needed merely to touch the hem of his garment to be healed. But the touching of the hem of his garment was not simply a physical touching. The woman touched his aura, and by touching the aura and placing her attention upon it, she became a siphon. She was empty, he was full. His aura immediately was transferred to hers and made her whole. And Jesus said, I perceive that virtue is gone out of me. Who touched me? He knew who touched him, but he made the statement so that we could realize that healing occurs through a transfer of energy. He wanted us to know that if we would follow him all the way, as he is the great example of our overcoming, we must also fill our auras and our chakras with light, so that when people come in contact with us, we will have a reservoir of energy that can be used. Having the aura filled with light is being ready to extend the cup of cold water in Christ's name. When we return, Elizabeth Clare Prophet shares what Jesus taught about the aura, why certain auras show both light and darkness, and much more. Don't go away. Awakened Media for a Transforming World. Seventh Wave Network. 
The Mayan calendar tells us that we will be entering into a 260-day opportunity for us to engage in conscious co-creation with great spirit. How will we prepare ourselves for this exciting and unprecedented time in Earth's history? Peter Tung has dedicated over 20 years of his life's work to exploring that which is beyond understanding. Peter will help increase your awareness and education on this enlightening transformation in consciousness. Awakening to Conscious Co-Creation airs live Wednesdays at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on 7th Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Be extraordinary. Seventh Wave Network. are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Welcome back, everyone. Um, in this following interview entitled The Aura, A Giant Beacon, Elizabeth Clare Prophet explores various aspects of the nature of the human aura, and this includes special teachings from the Ascended Master Kutumi, including his very powerful and magnetic mantra, I am light. Our interviewer is Doug Kenyon. What did Jesus teach about the aura? Doug, he taught a lot, but one thing that comes to mind, his words, ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on an hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick, and it giveth light unto all that are in the house. Kathumi says that he left us this timeless advice as a means of inculcating into the consciousness of the race the inner formula for the proper employment of the human aura. What he is really saying, of course, is that we cannot hide ourselves because the aura is a giant beacon. It's a signal. It's a signal to God and to man of what we are. It's impossible to hide that light under a bushel, but we are putting what we are on a candlestick. This gives to us a tremendous sense of responsibility because we realize that we are lighting the world for others. And if we are going to light the world with misdeeds and with betrayal and dishonor, 
then we are going to be responsible for influencing many people in the downward way of self-destruction. It's very interesting when we see the looting that occurred in the blackout in New York. As if people thought that God could not see at night. Or as if they thought that the registration of their auras upon the cosmic mind went out with the blackout. But the law is that every jot and tittle must be fulfilled. And the recording by the recording angels of all that we do registers not only in the book of life, but in the living book that we are walking around with, our own human aura. Is the sudden appearance of darkness in the aura always cause for alarm? Not necessarily. Kathumi says that the aura is the sum total of the emanation of individual life in its pure and impure state. We all have several streams flowing through us simultaneously. We may be experiencing feelings of love at the same time as we have anxiety, at the same time that we are planning or thinking about our business of the day. All of these emanations are registering simultaneously on the great stream of consciousness, which is life, which is reflected in the aura. Kathumi says that often, gently concealing from public view the darker side of human nature, the aura puts forth its most beautiful pearly white appearance before men, as if mindful of the words of God that have come down from antiquity, though your sins be as scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Occasionally the aura will momentarily turn itself inside out, and the more ugly appearance of a man's nature will come to the fore and be seen by those who are sensitive enough to perceive the human aura. This shouting from the housetops of a man's errors ought not always to be deplored, for when the gold is tried in the fire of purpose, the dross often comes to the surface to be skimmed off. When from time to time some negative influence appears in yourself or in someone else, consider it not as a permanent blight, but as a thorn which you can break off and remove from the appearance world. The fact that the within has thrust itself to the surface is an application of the principle of redemption, and when properly understood, this purging can mean the strengthening of your aura and your life. What should we do about guilt in our aura? Well, this writing of Kathumi is very interesting, bringing the process of redemption right on the level with really the psychology of the subconscious and its coming to the fore by the reflective quality of the aura itself. Kathumi teaches that, as a part of the blotting out process in the stream of time and space, God in his greater wisdom often uses exposure to public view or to your own private view as a means of helping you to get rid of an undesirable situation. This reflects in Kathumi's in-depth understanding of the teachings of Jesus. And so he says, suppressing evil or driving it deep within, tucking it away as though you would thereby get rid of it, does not really do the trick. For all things ought to go to God for judgment, willingly, gladly, and freely. This is why God purges the aura, brings to the fore that substance which is impure, but often man, misunderstanding the judgment, so fears the judgment that he runs and he hides from his own sin and thereby postpones the day of his own redemption. This is because he has been taught that the judgment brings hellfire, damnation, 
and the eternal burning in the fires of hell, when actually judgment is simply the daily assessment by the God within of right and wrong. The right becomes a permanent part of one's being and personality and aura, and the wrong can be passed through the sacred fire of the Holy Spirit, and that energy can literally be transmuted. This means that very substance, the particles thereof, the nucleus, the electrons, are stripped of man's overlay of hatred and darkness and fear and anxiety. And that energy is washed by the word and returned to the individual as a resource which he can use again, this time with a better qualification of light. And therefore allowing the conveyor belt of the consciousness to daily conduct one's consciousness, one's energy and one's life willingly, gladly and freely to God for judgment is the best way that we can keep on top of ourselves and maintain the communion with Christ which is our inheritance. Kuthumi says, Men ought not to remain burdened by the inward sense of guilt or non-fulfillment that the suppression of truth often brings. For the cleansing of the human aura of these undesirable conditions need not be a lengthy process. Just the humble, childlike acknowledgement that you have made an error and the sincere attempt to correct it will do much to purify your aura. God does not angrily impute to man that which he has already done unto himself through the misuse of free will. For man meets out his own punishment by denying himself access to the grace of God through his infringement of the law. This is a stupendous definition of God and his judgment. It is the understanding that with free will, man himself has the full responsibility and our actions inflict their own punishment upon us. That God does not punish us, but we punish ourselves by depriving ourselves of his grace when we separate ourselves from him through sin or through the negative qualification of energy. Kuthumi says, Therefore the gentle drops of mercy and of God's kindness to man are offered as the cleansing agent of his own self-condemnation. Here we see that condemnation never comes from God, but it comes from within oneself and one's own acceptance of the carnal mind or the antichrist forces within one's being. To realize then that to call upon forgiveness means to establish contact with God and His grace and to receive the purifying sacred fires of the violet flame that come in and wash us and make us clean. Kathumi says they are like a heavenly rain, refreshing and cool, that is not denied to any. I would like to mention that in many years of work with students at Summit University, I have noticed that the one overwhelming factor and burden of life is guilt, guilt that comes from many incarnations as one's sense of failure and of misuse of life piles within the subconscious layer upon layer like sedimentary rock and instead of daily bringing to God one's misuses of life and of the law for forgiveness, for transmutation and for a baptism of the sacred fire we accumulate all of our past misuses and our misdeeds. Thereby we become more and more burdened. We develop psychological problems, splits in the personality. 
psychoses, neuroses, and all types of islands of darkness that deprive us of a wholeness and a unifying factor of identity. Kuthumi comes to teach us how we can be free from this schism and how we can reunite our life and summon our forces, summon our energies to be the God-free being, the son, the daughter of God that we are. He says, fill your consciousness then with God delight and observe how the purification of the aura brings joy unto the angels. Have you never read the words of the Master? Joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repenteth more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. To conclude this series of our studies on the human aura with Kuthumi, I'd like to invite all sons and daughters of God who are listening and even those who think that they are not sons and daughters of God, to give with us now the mantra of Kathumi, I am light. Won't you join me, Doug? Certainly. I am light, glowing light, radiating light, intensified light. God consumes my darkness, transmuting it into light. This day I am a focus of the central sun. Flowing through me is a crystal river, a living fountain of light that can never be qualified by human thought and feeling. I am an outpost of the divine. Such darkness as has used me is swallowed up by the mighty river of light which I am. I am, I am, I am light. I live, I live, I live in light. I am light's fullest dimension. I am light's purest intention. I am light, 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 flooding the world everywhere I move. Blessing, strengthening, and conveying the purpose of the kingdom of heaven. Thank you very much. Thank you, Doug. online community for positive change. Seventh Wave Network. Who am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth Schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. Call it Nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Technology is changing the way we live our lives and how we do business. 
On CIO Talk Radio, we talk about the benefits of technology and the great things it allows us to do, as well as its risks. Heard every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, Sunjo Gall interviews business leaders and other experts that are shaping the way we use technology. To learn more about this show, visit www.ciotalkradio.com. Keep up with the changing world of technology and listen to CIO Talk Radio with Sunjo Gall. Listen in every Wednesday at 9 a.m. Central, 7 a.m. Pacific, right here on Voice America Business. Listening on a higher dimension. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. We're back, and joining us to help illuminate the subject of the human aura is Dr. Nerly Duffy. <laughs> Hello, Nerly. Hi, thanks for having me. Hello there. Um, you know, as we mentioned early on, one of the aspects of the aura is to provide protection for the soul. But doesn't the aura itself need protection as well? It's true. Our auras do indeed need protection. And sometimes we can be walking through the streets of New York and feeling like we really do need a bit of protection. <laughs> oh, yeah. And we do need to protect our own auric force field or basically our space. So that's why we have our decrees for protection. Mrs. Mm-hmm. Prophet just gave a beautiful one, I Am Light by Kithumi. And we do call to Archangel Michael, who's the Archangel of Protection. And the color of protection is blue, so that if you have a lot of protection in your aura, you may find it's blue. Mm-hmm. And you can visualize the blue light around you every day protecting and sealing you and of course if you give some extra decrees or prayers to Archangel Michael that helps too every day (laughs) now we've all known moments when we've experienced a a certain glow in in moments of intense happiness or victory for example we can feel that glow that glow of well satisfaction Mm -hmm. is there an ebb and flow in the manifestation of our aura and how, how do we help keep it you know light and bright and and present. Good question. You know. Yeah, well, our auras are not static. They're constantly changing. So there certainly is an ebb and a flow. And there's certainly those times that we've all felt, you know, just a glow either mm-hmm. around ourselves or around someone else. So you talked earlier about the chakras or the spiritual mm-hmm. centers that take in and give forth the energies according to the frequency of each chakra. So just as you breathe in and out, so your chakras are also breathing in and out. And these mm-hmm. light streams come forth and form that radiating energy force field that we call the aura. And it penetrates and extends beyond the boundaries of our physical form. So you can literally send light and energy to other people. You can visit somebody in hospital and they're feeling down and you can give them a charge of light and energy, sometimes just by being there. So you asked about how to keep your aura bright. One thing to do is watch your thoughts and feelings because everything's energy. So if you keep Always a good idea. <laughs> yeah. Everything, keeping yourself on the light side, keeping your thoughts and feelings positive and uplifting. Also, watching what you take in in terms of the energy of the world. I don't know about you, but I can watch certain movies and I can get oh. kind of down. Mm-hmm. And so I keep it, uh, I try to keep it light and bright. And certainly calling to Archangel Michael, as we've said, using the violet flame to clean up your aura every day. And there are some other products that can assist, you know, essential oils. Keeping a crystal nearby, an amethyst or a quartz crystal, can actually absorb 
some of that negativity for you. How Especially, close? Um, you know, within, it can be on your person uh-huh. in, in forms of jewelry, an amethyst or, uh, you know, a crystal or a diamond. Um, even just when your computer is subject to energy and you just put a little quartz crystal on it, oh, it can that. really make a difference. All right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, you know, another common experience of the glow that certain people exhibit is the glow of uh, a mother-to-be. And I'm wondering, uh, how much of this do you think is attributable to the aura of the incoming soul? I think it has a lot to do with that new life that's forming within the womb of the mother. Mm-hmm. And babies in the womb are full of new life. They've just arrived from the heaven world. In fact, when they're in the womb, they're often coming and going, kind of shuttling between heaven and earth until they're born. And they're very pure. They're unsullied. There's nothing negative about them. Mm-hmm. And their aura actually expands to fill the aura of the mother, and they do give her that special glow. I think it's also the presence of the aura of the Divine Mother, uh, the mother figures in heaven who often come to assist, particularly at that time of the birth process. You know, I had a friend um, years ago who was in the presence of his wife about, I don't know, she was maybe five or six months pregnant. And he was not one who professed to have a sensitivity to reading auras, but he, he looked at his wife and he, he said, I see more than... One, he said, in fact, I see four auras. <laughs> he, they had triplets. Mm, that, that's very true. And people can yeah. even see often in the mother's aura, even before mm-hmm. she becomes pregnant and she's aware, they can see a child mm. sitting there kind of waiting to descend. Mm-hmm. That's a beautiful image. You it know, is. it's funny when my uh, wife was pregnant with our, our daughter, um, she's naturally kind of stoic, you know, fairly <laughs> calm person. I'm the excitable one. Um, but she, she, I really could see the, our child to be showing through. There was a, a great deal of interest in things that my wife wasn't normally mm-hmm. interested in and, mm-hmm. and a lot of, a lot of joy and a lot of laughter and stuff like that and that's exactly what our daughter was like when she came out it was such an interesting contrast you know to see the two and see the mixture well may i say one thing Mm -hmm. here that you you mentioned how important it is to kind of protect Mm -hmm. the aura from various influences outside influences Mm -hmm. i remember when my oldest daughter was still in in utero and we would play classical music and different things Mm I, I could swear I saw a change mm-hmm. in the, the emanation that I was experiencing mm-hmm. just being in the presence mm-hmm. of you know, my wife and this, mm-hmm. this infant to be. Mm. It's pretty amazing. Well, music can really uplift or it can uh, pull us Go down. The other way. And, mm, yeah. and literally, music is, is kind of the vibration and energy that holds the planet together. It's mm. very powerful. Sound creation. Mm. Now, I wanted to remind everybody that if you go to uh, tsl.org, forward slash 1483. That takes you right to the Human Aura book page. 1483. 1483. Good information on there. Uh, We wanted to talk a little bit more about the relationship of the aura and an individual's karma. So we've talked about karma and reincarnation before and that the aura is oftentimes a reflection of what the person may be going through now, but it also shows kind of the past and future. What can you tell us about that? Well, the amount of karma that we carry does actually affect the size and the quality of our aura. Mm. And so basically, the more karma or the more weight you carry, the more density you will feel. And I'm talking about weight in terms of baggage, Mm -hmm. mental, emotional, spiritual, Mm -hmm. whatever. So individuals who carry a lot of karma, they've maybe done a lot in a past life that Mm -hmm. they're now catching up with. Um, (laughs) Or catching up with them. Yeah, it's catching up with them. Yeah, Yeah, like this boulder coming down the hill (laughs) and they're running fast. Um, They will actually often look and feel denser. And when Mm -hmm. you talk to them, you will sense it in their aura. There is just a density there. So... 
what we encourage people to do is get to work to balance the karma. And so then as you balance the karma, your aura gets lighter and you can actually contain more your light, more light in your aura. So you can use the violet flame to literally cleanse, purify, control your aura, heal yourself. And as you balance karma, you will actually feel lighter. Yeah. You will feel a little bit more weightless, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You know, in terms of uh, this auric perception, you know, we understand that there are certain sensitive souls who can perceive an individual's aura. But is it possible that we can see or experience our own aura? Well, actually, <laughs> Tom, we do it all the time, but we just don't realize it. Uh -huh. mm. We do read one another, and like it or not, uh, we don't have to see an aura to actually feel an aura. Mm -hmm. So have you ever talked to somebody and realized, even before they opened their mouth, that they were angry, even though they never said oh. a word? Because <laughs> yeah. it's yeah. literally written all over them. It's in their yeah. aura. Oh, yes. Or have you ever walked into a room and just got the whole vibe of mm -hmm. the whole room and what was going on? You have just read an aura. And in terms of reading your hmm. own aura, Mrs. Prophet used to say she was very good at reading her own vibration in the mirror. <laughs> and you can actually look at yourself uh, in the mirror when you get up and you can see what you're manifesting. You can oh tell mm -hmm. I'm either out of it today or I'm on mm -hmm. today or I'm looking peaceful or I'm upset. You know, it's all there and it's literally written all over your face. And the good <laughs> thing is if you don't like what you're seeing in the mirror, you can change it and you have way more power than you think. Uh. If you don't like what's going on, change your mind. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Get up in the morning looking good. <laughs> you know, wait a minute, not quite good enough. Go Just a them. second. Let's go do some more decrees. <laughs> you know, in the in the past shows, we we've spoken a lot of the threefold flame that's in the heart. Um, is there a relationship with this? flame in the heart and the aura and what is that relationship exactly well it's a pretty strong relationship because interpenetrating and working with the aura are the seven chakras and the most important spiritual center that we have is the heart and the threefold flame or the light within the heart so as we meditate on the heart and the threefold flame as we use the violet flame we start to establish a momentum that builds day by day until your aura can become literally as great as that of a master such as Jesus or mm. Kathumi. So the size of your auric force field is directly related to your mastery of your seven energy centers, particularly the heart. The more mastery you have, the larger your aura and the more effect you have on the world. And if you imagine Jesus or Kathumi or Buddha. great master yeah. or Buddha, mm -hmm. you'd be thinking of somebody with a very developed heart chakra, a very uh, compassionate, great spiritual adept or saint. And that heart chakra expands and it can encompass an entire city, it can encompass a planet. Wow. So that kind of person has what we call a developed heart chakra. I'll say. <laughs> yeah, so you can do yeah. that too. But uh, the flame does need to be tended. You do need to give and receive more love and you do need to spend some time on your own spiritual path each day. Oh, sure. Mm -hmm. You know, you were talking a moment ago about experiencing the aura, both our, our own and, and another individual's, just by sensing something about their energy field. But if you were able to um, visualize the aura, you know, in terms of its location vis-a-vis -vis your body or your, your energy field, where would it most likely be concentrated? The uh, spinal cord, around the heart, uh, you know, above the head like a saint's halo? Where would we expect to encounter the aura most likely? Well, it's a little bit of all of these. The aura is, is kind of 
likened to an egg shape and it's an ovoid of light mm -hmm. that you stand in, but it's probably going to be most noticeable around the heart mm -hmm. and around the head. And hence, you know, if you see these pictures of, of, of saints in art, they're almost always got a halo around the head and that's the most notable because that's the where the light in the aura is expanded and manifest. Now, in terms of saints, you know, and, and, and the fact that this would certainly seem to indicate that there was a degree of sensitivity and perception of the aura, you know, way, way back, um, which is what I was kind of asking really was that it seems to be most likely concentrated around mm -hmm. what we would call the, the crown chakra mm -hmm. or the, the third mm -hmm. eye chakra. Um, are there other places where the aura might be brilliant in one case and maybe not so brilliant in another area? You know? Well, different masters may concentrate on different chakras mm -hmm. or spiritual mm -hmm. centers. So um, someone of a buddhic bent, which is the yellow ray, mm -hmm. it'll be mostly around the crown. Uh, somebody who is focusing, for example, on the sacred heart of Jesus, mm -hmm. St. Teresa of Avila, Therese of Leisure, mm -hmm. you might notice it more around the heart, yeah. which is where the sacred heart is. So different masters, different manifestations. Yeah. But generally around the crown. Well, it seems to have become conventional mm -hmm. around the crown. Mm -hmm. right. And it's funny when you, when you look at those paintings, mm. uh, it, it depicts holiness. But to think about the painter being able to, to, to sense that and to then somehow come up with a way to depict that all those years ago. Yeah. Very interesting. So is it, is it true or not true that we sometimes see the aura almost as an outside, uh, another layer of clothing almost? And some people that it's big enough and it's bright enough that it almost seems as if it surrounds them. Well, we do talk about um, the cloaks of skin. Oh, yeah. And, you know, we've got our physical one, which mm -hmm. is the, the body that we see, but then there's the mental body, the emotional body, the spiritual body. And all of those combined together are what mm. they call the beacon that just sends out energy sure. and light. And that's your aura. So it can be manifest as literally another cloak of skin. Well, you know, we, we were kind of being facetious a, a few minutes ago about the coat of many colors. Yes, yes. Uh, but I meant to be serious about that, really, yeah. that the aura isn't necessarily always one color or one dominant color, but it can be many different colors. Yeah. And you mentioned also the, the Blu-ray, for example, you know, Archangel Michael, the throat chakra. I would imagine that if somebody was really sensitive, they could see these different colors corresponding to the chakras. I think you know? people do. Mm -hmm. Those that do have a developed third eye and do have the ability to see beyond the veil, um, they can sense and they can see the different rainbow colors. Mm -hmm. And it is changing. It is a, a coat of many colors. Yeah, a, col a, col a kaleidoscope. Like kaleidoscope, minute yeah. to minute, moment mm -hmm. to moment. I so want to ask another question, but <laughs> we've got to take a break. Please don't go away. When we come back, we're going to continue our discussion of the human aura and things surrounding it with Dr. <laughs> Nearly Duffy. Thank you. am I? Why am I here? Where am I going? And how do I get there? These are some of the basic questions we all ask ourselves on the spiritual path, and the answers we find certainly vary. Who are you? You are a child of God, and as a child of God, you carry within you the seed of actually becoming God. This seed is your Christ self, the same in you that is in Jesus Christ. Why are you here? To master yourself in order to graduate from Earth's schoolroom and reunite with the heart of God. Essentially, you are following in the footsteps of Jesus and other great saints and sages who have gone before. Where are you going? Home. 
Call it Nirvana, the hereafter, the heaven world, whatever you want. It's the next stop on your journey. And finally, how do you get there? Let us show you how. Visit us at www.tsl.org. We are the Summit Lighthouse. We practice and publish the teachings of the Ascended Masters, and we've got answers to all of your questions. Visit tsl.org today. The Summit Lighthouse. Master yourself. Become God. Now there's a new destination for video content, voiceamerica.tv, just like our radio channels and so much more. Voice America Variety, Health and Wellness, Business, Sports, Green Talk, Power Up Motorsports, and 7th Wave Network now have their own video channel components. Plus, check out exclusive programming, including movies, music, educational courses, science and history, current events, and short features. High-definition, premier-quality programs available 24-7, voiceamerica.tv. If you think you've seen online TV like this before, let us support. You. Taking you to the threshold of a dream and beyond. Seventh Wave Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Ross Brunson and Tom Schumacher. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Well, we're back once again um, for more discussion with Dr. Nairly Duffy on the subject of the human aura. Okay, here's a good one. <laughs> we know that there are people who claim to be able to see uh, other people's auras. Right. How can we trust that what they're seeing is true or accurate? And is there some way to measure this? And, and what I mean is, uh, can you also kind of help us out with the difference between, say, being psychic or having discernment? Oh, yeah. Good question. Well, it is a good question, and I would be pretty wary or cautious about this. You know, even curly in photography, as we said, it only shows the aura in that mm-hmm. moment. Five mm-hmm. seconds, five minutes, five hours later, it can look completely different. So there's no way of knowing what another person sees or doesn't see. And actually, it's kind of dangerous to assume that they are accurate or true in what they are seeing. Mm-hmm. And usually, if you take someone else's version of it, what will happen is you're pushing aside your own higher consciousness, your own intuition about what the aura is saying, and you're taking someone else's viewpoint of it. And unless oh, they're a mm. true adept, you know, really, it's not a wise thing to so do. So you maybe not, you, you yeah. can't necessarily tell where your aura begins and others ends. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, also, you yeah. look at that and you think, well, what if, what if you ask this person, okay, you know, they, they profess to see your aura, and if they tell you something that, Indicates that you have something wrong with your aura, or whatever, oh, yeah. and you then take action on that karma. Yeah, well, you got to be careful with that. So that's the concept <laughs> well, of discernment. Well, that, that can yeah. be really, really a problem, and we mm-hmm. and we've seen that quite a bit. You know, people say, "Well, so and so said that my aura is this," Ooh. and actually, you know, it wasn't. Mm-hmm. And it's best to go on your own intuition, mm-hmm. your own higher consciousness. So I'd like steer clear of that mm-hmm. because it is muddy. It is mixed. You know, you may get good stuff, but you right. may not. And how do you discern? Well, and I think what you're pointing out is the fact that it's very subjective. No past, matter. past predictions, not in, indicative yes. of future results. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I found most people are pretty good at assessing where they're at mm-hmm. and even where their friends are at. 
and they know if they're doing okay. I mean, you can tell if your friend's just not on today or, oh, yeah. or sick or, you know, you look pretty bad or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it kind of invades our, uh, pervades our culture, yeah. this concept of, of, of a color with a mood. You know, like for, mm. was it Breakfast at Tiffany's where she said she mm. had the red meanies that day. <laughs> interesting, oh. you know, interesting phrase. Interesting analogy. To, yeah, yeah, like seeing, you know, yeah. uh, somebody's mad and they see red, that kind yeah. of thing. Very interesting. Or a black mood. Oh, yeah. And it was, some of that was related to heat. Mm-hmm. I remember the mood ring. Yeah, you know, if you had a nice oh, warm yeah. hand, you got a pretty good. Mine was always blue and green. I don't well, know. Well, mine yours. was blue and green too, <laughs> except when it wasn't. Except when it wasn't. That's right. Yeah, yeah. occasionally, yeah. occasionally yeah. a few thunderstorms. Well, well you, know. you can always ask your best friend. You know, <laughs> yeah, right. they'll usually tell you how you're doing today. Oh boy, <laughs> they do or too. Your spouse, and that, can, and, and that can be helpful. Yeah, you know? your kids are especially good at that. Yes, yeah. yes. Uh, you know, we mentioned earlier that uh, medical research has kind of broached this subject of studying the aura as a means of perhaps determining whether or not somebody's healthy or well, or if they have maybe a, a gap in their, um, their, their wellness profile. Do you know anything more about that? Is it something you can add some well, light to? Well, they did do a study in the aura, and they found through Curlian photography that sickness can be detected in the aura before it actually manifests in the body. In other words, it kind of shows up. Mm-hmm. And you think about when you get the flu, there's a few hours before you have oh, that yeah. when you just don't feel right. Mm-hmm. And you'll yeah. say, I think I'm coming down with something. Sort of That's an example sorts. of it. Yeah. <laughs> so your aura can actually have holes in it or signs of damage. So if you end up being accident-prone, disease-prone, or simply can't get past a certain human mm-hmm. idiosyncrasy, it may be a past life. It may be something in this life blocking your progress. But your body actually takes on the likeness of the aura. And in that study, mm-hmm. they said it, it, they called it a L field. It's like mm-hmm. a life field. And oh, your health, uh, your life, your birth, mm-hmm. everything, your death, it all registers before you're born, before you pass on. So you can actually, if you're perceptive, mm-hmm. you can look at the aura of people and you can tell, you know, it's almost like the aura communicates itself. Yeah, yeah. And good doctors will tune into that. They can look mm. at someone and say, okay, I'm taking the history and I'm doing the physical, but I'm sensing that, uh, you know, there's something going on here that I really need to look at and this is pretty serious. You know, I, I read a story uh, a number of years ago now where an older woman, in this case, was um, touching the, the, the pregnant belly of, of her granddaughter mm. and said, I think you should talk to the doctor. I think there's something wrong with the baby. Mm. And they took her advice, went in and had, I don't know what it was, an EKG or something. And this infant had a defect Mm -hmm. in her heart Mm -hmm. that they were able to go in and correct. correct. Mm -hmm. Oh, it's just amazing. Well, it's like every illness, every aura has a calling card and it just lets you know. And and the more Mm -hmm. you do your spiritual work, your prayers, your decrees, your mantras, your meditation, your attunement, the more you will pick up. And you have to be selective in what you pick up. But if you are aware and observant, it's always things to pray about. You'll oh. always be getting that constant feedback of what to pray about. Yeah. You know, I mean, we know from studying the aura that we, you know, and we, just our discussion here, we could be facing impending health challenges, et cetera. Yeah. You just mentioned something very important, that we can do something about this. We can be a little proactive. Mm-hmm. So what can we actually do to change the course of, you know, say, an impending mm-hmm. health challenge like mm-hmm. cancer? Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> yeah, speaking from experience, I've had cancer. <laughs> I know, I know. And, and as I look back, you know, uh, it's easy to see that there were a lot of warning signs there, mm-hmm. and you need to pick up on them. So if you know that you're having a problem, if you're sensing it, address it on the four levels of your being. Physically, with the laws of right diet, exercise, taking good care of your body, monitoring what you take in and give out. Mentally, how's your mental 
thoughts? How are your feelings? How are your emotions? Manage those. If you're angry and depressed and you're not dealing with it, start to get some help. And then spiritually, there's a lot you can do to bring balance into your life and literally to turn Mm -hmm. back the Mm -hmm. tidal wave. And if you start sending out a wave of light, it's going to meet that wave of oncoming darkness and deal with it. What's interesting, you know, when you you look at some people, you you can almost – look at their behavior and determine that this person is going to have a hard time. Yeah. You know, the, the, the people that, like you said, they walk into the room and all of a sudden everybody is, you know, is on edge and, yeah. and upset and whatever. The people are putting out a great deal of negative energy. Mm-hmm. Well, if you're putting out a lot of negative energy, well, probably gonna be means a you lot contain, of, a, contain yeah. a lot of it, and that can't be good. No, it can't be. And then you end up getting a lot on the return current. Mm-hmm. So you just kind of look forward. Like attracts like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, Yeah. and you look forward and you realize, you know, sooner or later they're going to be meeting themselves in that Mm. sense and they're going to have to be dealing with themselves. What you put out comes back to you. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, Mm -hmm. this is um, obviously a subject that we we hit a sensitive area here because Mm -hmm. we've probably raised it three or four times already. We know when we're in the presence of somebody who's got a lot of anger Mm -hmm. or, you know, some hate-filled energy Mm -hmm. or whatever the case may be. In those circumstances – we may not be able to get away. So yeah. is there, uh, what can we do to protect ourselves if we are in the presence of somebody with that kind of intense force field? Well, it helps to already have a strong aura and a force field protection around mm-hmm. you. So if you've walked out the door and you've got your tube of light on and your decrees to Archangel Michael, you're going to be much better able to meet whatever life throws at you. Sometimes it's a matter of stance, not being laid mm-hmm. back, but being mm-hmm. a bit more anticipatory. So you can actually, if someone's coming towards you and you're sensing they're ing- you angry, can you, can, you can literally yeah. ward it off. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you can let it pass through you and not affect you. Mm-hmm. Um, and you need to do you know, some shielding. Yep. If it's an angry person and you're able to get yourself out of that environment for a little while, Sometimes that's the safest form. You know, yeah. you just need to step out for a minute. Well, isn't it funny that we use the common culture, again, to describe these kind of things? You know, you, you see somebody coming towards you and, and you're with someone else. And how many times have you equipped, oh, shields up. Yeah, yes, shields, shields up. up. <laughs> you're, totally. You're, you're looking at this person going, yes. oh, this is not going to be good. And you know if your shields are only 75% and, well. you know, are they holding or are they not holding? And we all need to learn to deflect energy. Oh, yeah. And, it, and it's mm-hmm. literally, it becomes part of who you are. And mm-hmm. you start to expect and anticipate that, you know, every day you're going to be dealing with some energy. Mm. And it's all a matter of how you deal with it. Well, you know, um, we've heard since childhood that uh, if you're in a situation like that and, and you're concerned about how you might react, to take a breath, you know, count to ten. And we, we have the count to nine, nine decree, decree, which is awesome. It's awesome indeed. I mean, it's something you can do. And anybody who would like to know more about that, uh, mm. web radio at tsl.org, just send Absolutely. us a little note that says, please send me the count to nine decree. Mm-hmm. We'll be happy to send you a copy of that. So you that can, can be a it. lifesaver. Oh, my gosh. It has saved my life more than <laughs> yes, once. mine more just than once. Just go too. outside, leave the meeting, and, and do a couple of count to mm-hmm. nines. Yeah. Do it and, to yourself. And what you, know? you just said, a very simple tip. Deep breathing. Just oh, take a breath. Yeah. You know, you just step mm-hmm. back and go, okay. Mm-hmm. Breathe Center in. yourself. That, that actually does yeah. stabilize your Absolutely. aura. Yeah, well, in fact, I had a boss. Uh, he used to do that with water. Mm. He'd always have, you know, a glass of water. He said, wait a minute. I'm going to take a sip of water. 
Mm. It was like, for him, same thing, cleaning it out, mm -hmm. getting, you know. The other thing that helps is your actual tone of voice. If somebody's coming at you like kind of a mad dog, if you lower your uh, voice, mm -hmm. speak calmly, <laughs> quietly, softly, they will start to mirror that. And yeah. I, we've, we've done that in hospital with, you know, insane people that were absolutely raging. Mm -hmm. And you had to go in there and just calm Whoa. them down. And it does work. Calm down your voice, mm -hmm. you calm down the energy, and you're controlling their aura as well as your own. So you're not feeding it your No, balance. you're not feeding it. Just flash back to Fort Apache, the Bronx, with uh, <laughs> uh, what's Don't his go name there. with the hat backwards. You know, it's like, okay, well, let's not act crazy. Uh, well, this is an interesting, uh, interesting conversation yeah. change because if, if we talk about people and being able to recognize that they're angry or they're coming at us or they're, they're going to, you know, it's going to be a problem. Yeah. Well, what's the flip side of that? I mean, are we attracted to people who have a similar auric bent that we have? Yeah. Or what, I mean, there has to be a law of attraction there. Well, totally. Right? It does come back to our karma. We yeah. are attracted to those who have a similar karma to us, and that's nature's way of making sure we're balanced. Mm -hmm. So we're working with other people, and if we work with them, and they're attracted to us, and we're attracted to them, you have to assume there's a reason and work on that spiritually. Uh, mm -hmm. Well, you know, unfortunately, <laughs> we're going to have to leave it there. Yeah. Uh, we have... Fortunately, coming up next week, the Human Aura Part Two. Part Two. So uh, we hope you will stay with I'll us for that, and you'll be back. You'll be yeah. back with the two. Well, let's have a little week, little shout back. out to our friends in Mexico. Indeed, hello Mexico City. We know Hola. you're listening. And also, let's mention uh, Summit University online courses. You can find out a lot more about these topics at summituniversity.org. I mean, that's literally all we have. We really want to thank you, Dr. Nerly Duffy, yep. for joining us again. It's been fun. And next week, don't don't forget. Though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out of this world. Thank you, everyone. <laughs>